Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Welcome to Cross and Crown Radio. Jesus is King. There is no neutrality, no exile, no surrender. My name is Jason. With me again is my partner in podcasting. <laughs> howdy, howdy. John, how you doing, man? Pretty good. How are you? I'm okay. We're, gonna, in a, we're in a new space. A new space, some yeah. epic books for our visual folks who are watching this on Facebook or on YouTube. You can check out some of the books behind us. It's just a nice presentation. You did a good job. Uh, yeah, it's basically my book collection. <laughs> yeah, no, I love it. I like it and a we lot. We didn't have anywhere else to do it, so yeah. <laughs> it worked out. Yeah, so we, we took a week off. Some of us were on vacation just trying to adjust things, scheduling and so on, and and uh, we'll get into that in a second here. But I want to thank everybody for listening again, for tuning in. You can find us online, lambsrain.com slash CCR. And again, you can support our work, lambsrain.com slash support. And um, yeah, lots to, lots to get into tonight. We're going to talk later about the presidential election. And I'm sure we're going to revisit that topic again at some point, no doubt, as things heat up. We're, uh, we're voting for Vermin Supreme, right? Vermin Supreme, the guy with yeah. the boot on his head, right? That's right, that the guy. guy. The boot yeah. guy. <laughs> so we're going to get into that a little bit later, talk about principalism, pragmatism, how should we think about voting, that sort of thing. Um, but before that, yeah, let's talk housekeeping real quick, because I know there's one thing we really wanted to communicate, and that was just a change in schedule. Right. We are going to be releasing new episodes on Mondays now. And we're going to do our best to release around, you know, noon to two Eastern, uh, but be flexible with us. This is just to provide us a little bit more time for post-production. Both Jason and I have full-time jobs or I would even say overtime jobs. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to be releasing on Mondays now. So it should just give us a little bit more time, but it should be weekly though. So once everybody gets adjusted, you'll still be getting regular content. Yeah. Definitely. That sounds good. So we thank you for your patience on that. One other announcement housekeeping wise is we are now on Amazon's platform. Yep. So if you go to Amazon Music, if you're a Prime member, you can find our podcast there. So I think that's kind of a newer thing they're doing. I think so. But yeah. we got we got squared away on there. So you can find us on Amazon. I know my daughter, Avery, she's begging on her Kindle. I want to listen to the radio show, but I, <laughs> I couldn't get Spotify to work. And oh, really? So it was wow. frustrating. And so she's delighted. So, hi, Avery. Yeah, you, so we'll be, be on, listening. Uh, obviously, Facebook will be uploading a video, mm -hmm. YouTube video, and then also Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and, of course, Apple yes. Podcasts. iTunes. So, for your iPhones. Yeah, so please do drop us a hello there as well if you want to give us a rating and a comment. And, right. And we'd love, we'd love to, to Exactly. We'd love to read your comments. If you have any questions, uh, if you hate our guts, you know, we might even read that too. That'd be fun. Yeah. What's <laughs> um, what's that email again for uh, hate mail? Uh, you can actually send it to editors at lambsrain.com. Yeah, if you have any questions or things you would like us to clarify. Because sure. one thing, one thing talking to a couple people this week, this is more of a you and I just discussing. Yeah. We didn't come prepared with a dissertation. I don't have time <laughs> to write that. Neither do uh, I. You don't have time to write that. Yeah. So this isn't about us, you know, reading off of a script. We we just have some ideas. We come and we want to chat about it. Yeah, we're lucky if it. we have bullet points. 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I think I have three here. I, I have a couple, so it should be it should be good. Yeah, but yeah, if you wanna if you wanna send us a comment, uh, call us, uh, say like you know fundamentalist fascists or social Marxists, whatever you want. You know the the spectrum is fine. If yeah. you love us, that's also really cool. And don't call us a cultural Marxist. Yeah, well, and why not? Why shouldn't they? Because cultural Marxism is a oxymoron. It's an oxymoron, which yeah. we're gonna. I, we're not gonna. Maybe we'll touch on that tonight, but yeah. uh, this episode. But I did want to read. I was pulling this up real quick. Oh I was, yeah, I, I think, was reminded yeah. we had a review, uh, Mrs. Erica. I guess her name. Maybe her name's Erica. I don't know. I don't know. It's a cool way to spell it. But she gave us a great message on iTunes and said, "I am so thankful to have found you guys recently. I've learned so much and have gained clarity on issues in the church that I have always questioned." I look forward to hearing of uh, your podcast this season. Thank you. Thank you. And can you please start a church in Southern California? Well, probably I, not anytime soon. I don't think that's, whoops. I don't think that's going to happen. I'm dropping <laughs> stuff over here, but uh, California's got some other issues going on. There's a definitely, we're not, we're not planning on any moves to California. Yeah. Right now. No, that's, that's not really the place I want to be, but maybe Lord willing, we have some other like-minded believers that you can get connected with. Right. Absolutely. Certainly. That'd be great, which actually would be a good plug to network with us. Reconchurches.com. The fellowship of Christian reconstructionist churches is a network. We started with cross and crown church and other churches literally across the globe as a fellowship and a means of interaction, a point of, hey, I'd like to interact with people. Maybe that's through Facebook or other means. That's a way you can get connected to try and find folks. But don't go there expecting to find 10,000 churches across the U.S. Then maybe (laughs) there'll be one in your neighborhood. There is one in India, but... (laughs) Yeah, that'll be a heck of a drive. But nonetheless, you can go to there and and check that out. And again, just a reminder to point people back to lambsrain.com. A lot of articles are going up. Follow us on... Facebook, we have an Instagram for that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Lambs Rain Media, you can find us on Instagram. Yeah. And follow content that's going out there. So as far as administrative housekeeping stuff, I think we're we're squared away. Again, you can ask us some questions on there. If there's topics you want us to discuss, we'd love to right. to hear from you too. If there's a question you have or you know, what in a theonomy, what would this look like? One of those questions, <laughs> yeah. right? We we'd be happy to to do our best to to talk about that. So that said, let's just move into our discussion, John, shall we? We we kind of want to go in a little bit into the presidential election, but I think it would be helpful maybe to talk about some current event stuff, mostly as it relates to Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who passed away uh, from cancer. And now there's this huge discussion in the media as it pertains to her replacement and there's questions of I know I know Joe Biden's calling on Trump to not you know wait till the election's over and right. then someone and we know it's constitutionally uh, allowed that the person who's in office is allowed to nominate that person that's right confirmed by the Senate so it sounds like Trump's already going to go forward with it with uh on this Saturday or the past Saturday when you hear this and uh, I'm really curious to hear who that's going to be. And, of course, there's going to be a hearings in the Senate and interviews and all that sort of thing that we saw with Kavanaugh and, and others. But we're in kind of a, a weird spot. So as far as the landscape of today is concerned, we have a lot of things going on. Portland, Seattle, 
the attorney general made some comments today even about those cities saying, hey, get your act together or you're going to lose federal funding, those types of things. Right. And for those of you who, who may not know, lots of looting, rioting, burning. <laughs> There's a lot of things, little cities on fire um, in uh, for various reasons. So I, I think it would be helpful for us to just simply survey the landscape. What do, we, what do we have going on right now in our culture? The American social order is breaking down, and a lot of things maybe we assumed to be true aren't so true anymore. Policing issues, right? Yeah. Uh, Black Lives Matter. Um, and maybe we can just start there to re- reiterate, hey, what is Black Lives Matter? We have an organization that we wouldn't support. Right. Ideologies, sodomy, promotion of social, like real socialism, um, perhaps closet Marxists. Maybe they've read the Communist Manifesto, which if you look at those 10 planks, I mean, we kind of have those. I think we made that comment before. We we have those planks. Um, we do, you agree with the lives of black people matter. Right, of course. They're made in the image of God. Yep. Uh, whenever there's injustice in the streets, whether that is a black person or an Asian person, that we should leap to that particular issue and say, that was wrong. Mm-hmm. We should deal with that. Yeah. I think when it comes to this landscape issue, part of the problem, and we were kind of joking about it before we hit record, is this issue of polarization, whereas the antithesis, it seems to be in discourse, conservative versus liberal. Right. What's the problem with reducing all of those things down to conservative <laughs> versus liberal? Well, it's a false paradigm. Uh, it, it, it very much is a false paradigm, at least in the kind of the common American vernacular. I mean, these these words can mean different things to different people, right? So there's like a very academic understanding of what liberalism is. There's a very academic understanding of what conservatism is. But then there's what everybody actually talks about them for, right? Where it's like conservatism is what I hear about from Fox News. And liberalism is what I hear about from CNN. And it really doesn't go a lot deeper than that. Uh, Barack Obama, liberal, Donald Trump, conservative. That's just as bad as deep as people think about it. Despite the fact that Donald Trump was a registered Democrat most of his life. Right. And if we even take Donald Trump's policies of right now, not even his policies or his stated ideas before he was president, but even his policies right now, and we compare it to, say, somebody who called themselves a conservative in the 50s or 60s, he would be a liberal. So these yeah. things shift, and mostly right. they've they've shifted towards what would typically be called or referenced as the left, mm-hmm. uh, where the conservatives are getting more liberal and the liberals are getting more liberal. Yeah, and I think part of the problem with the discussion in public discourse is lots of reification fallacies are going out the window. I mean, we just keep tossing them out like candy. Yeah. Um, well, Black Lives Matter keeps burning down our cities. Right. <laughs> well, that, I mean, as... That doesn't logically follow. Are there particular people who, in our traditional colloquial understanding of anarchism, are are those (laughs) anarchists, if you will, we just associate that as being that, are they, is there like one person or are there five people or are there 10 people? Is one Antifa? You and I don't know that. We don't know. (laughs) I don't, I don't know. I'm not there. I don't know. If Soros is involved, right? But we have this view of well, black BLM did this, 
Mm. Are there nefarious players involved in BLM? <laughs> no doubt. There are. There are nefarious players in Antifa. Right. So there, it's not helpful, I guess the point I'm trying to make, is it doesn't seem helpful to me to just say, well, BLM's burning down our cities and they want you know the liberals to take over. Eh, maybe there are some. Well, it completely depends on how you define membership into these groups. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody's checking for BLM carts. Right. And it doesn't work that way. It's not noted on your driver's license. Yeah. So yeah. like who who's a member of BLM? Yeah. Like somebody you don't like who does something that you, you don't like. I mean, it's yeah. like, how, how yeah. do you even define these things? Uh, it, it's like a, if a conservative goes and does something wrong to you, you, can say, you can't say the Republican Party did this to me. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't really work that way. Which, of course, a lot of them do that. They I'm will. sure the actual Republican Party mm-hmm. does do wrong things. But again, so does the actual official Black Lives Matter Institute or organization. Yeah. I read from Proverbs earlier. And when, I'm, when, we, when I say what I mean by this, I think you would agree. But what I mean by the wrong antithesis is conservative versus liberal. The wrong antithesis is Republican versus Democrat. The wrong antithesis is me on a conservative level versus the cultural Marxists. Yep. The, the antithesis, if we're going to think biblically, which is what we're trying to do, the antithesis is actually those in Adam versus those in Christ or those who are dead in their sins and those who have been justified mm-hmm. in their, you know, who, who were sinners are now sinner saints. Similarly, usus et peccator. You're simultaneously just and sinful right. or sinner. But the antithesis in Proverbs, righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. I I just, you know, as I was thinking about it, driving here, I I think it's helpful for Christians to always be thinking presuppositionally. Not a bold statement there, a basic one. But when we think presuppositionally, we stop using these buzzwords and just throwing them out there, like cultural Marxists, or all the cultural Marxists want to to overthrow us. What? <laughs> why? Why do we reduce it down to that? Why can't we just say there are those who hate God's law, hate His word, and who 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 are more of the scorched earth theorists who just want to burn this puppy down, yeah, <laughs> as fast as possible, and those who who do want righteousness, righteousness exalts a nation, not burning everything down or not, uh, whether it's the issue of abortion, for example, well, Republicans keep kicking the ball. They could have dealt with this. No, they could have dealt with this multiple times. Of Trump's administration. They could have dealt with it. Yeah. And this isn't to say that categories are bad or labels are bad. I think there are many different things that we can pretty much unqualifiably like you know, condemn yeah. and label it. I don't think the only category has to be like regenerate and unregenerate. But the, but the problem is we're dealing with very broad, mm-hmm. broad categories. And then they're not getting nuanced. And it seems like a lot of people are very allergic to nuance. <laughs> um, so, so imagine it. So imagine it. Um, 
the you had the stereotypical, let's just say, um, purple-haired college lesbian screaming Nazi at somebody. <laughs> so Jason here goes onto some college campus and he's yeah. preaching the gospel. And he's saying abortion's murder. You need to repent of your sin. And they get in his face and they call him a Nazi and they don't allow him to speak because he's basically infringing upon his safe space. Mm-hmm. And they don't engage with him. There's not any interest in debate. There's not any interest in dialogue. Uh, he is basically anathema to them at that point. And they don't even value uh, trying to refute him. They don't value trying to debate him or prove him wrong. He's not even worth talking to anymore. And we'd say that's a wrong way of discussing differences between people. We don't think that is a good, wise, helpful way of discussing things. And I think we see that a lot, right? I've, I've done plenty of activism on college campuses. Jason has. We've done a lot of evangelism and different sorts of engagements. And that's sometimes how people act. Mm-hmm. That's very much how people act. And I think largely the church condemns that kind of behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But what happens if you use the word social justice on, on like, say, Facebook? <laughs> You are an anathematized. You are anathematized. <laughs> and people uh, basically stop the conversation. They don't want to engage with you. Uh, they condemn you because you have now infringed upon their social media safe space mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or their Twitter safe space. And they'll condemn what you're saying because of the term you used, mm-hmm. not because of the content of the meaning of the term. And I think that's what scripture talks about when it talks about arguing about words. Yeah, yeah. And um, I- it's just not helpful. I I think we've said this several times before, even in prior episodes, but when it comes to the, even the phrase social justice, this is what I, this is what I can't, it drives me crazy. You have reformed guys who are adamant that if you even, you know, if you use the phrase or you identify with that phraseology at all, then you're the cultural Marxist, you're... You're in the intersectionality, you know, CRT mm-hmm. uh, camp. You're you're all about critical race theory, mm-hmm. and and I just think, how can you? How can we? How how is it that these reform guys will stand up and say, "Well, Jesus is Lord." Christians own the dictionary, which I agree absolutely. The words yeah. words come from God. Let's let's define them as we should, as best as we can, with a biblical worldview and so on and so forth. But how how can we say on one side of the mouth? Uh, Jesus owns the dictionary. And then on the other Jesus side of the Jesus is king unless he's king over a word that has been used as a hashtag by liberals. And now Jesus is no longer king over that word. Over that word, yeah. yeah. Suddenly they get the, they get a free pass. Right. They, and we'll I've, I've, been, I've been recently looking into this a little bit more. And one of the earliest places I've seen the word social justice used is in the United States, uh, like actual articles <laughs> of mm-hmm. of like uh, some of our founding fathers, Federalist Papers. That's what oh, I'm yeah, thinking yeah, of. Yeah. I almost said Articles of Confederation. No, that's not that. The <laughs> Federalist Papers. So um, that would be John Adams, Alexander Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think John Jay did a little bit. Um, but they're talking about social justice. Mm-hmm. And then um, some Protestant theologians spoke about it some, and then a lot of Jesuit uh, Catholic theologians started using the word a lot. And uh, over time, it's been used by different kind of political theorists uh, from the liberal to the conservative side, um, at least how those terms are used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard it's not to understood. use the uh, categories. <laughs> um, 
And then all the way up to, of course, more modern times, it's been used by Chuck Colson. It's been used by Albert Moeller. It's been used by David Chilton. It's been used by Greg Bonson. Mm-hmm. And I don't think those guys are Marxists. Right. And, uh, and spent a lot of their careers critiquing Marxism. Right. Like, actually don't reading tell Marx. me that Chuck Colson is a Marxist. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or Greg Bonson. Come on, give me a break. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we got, need nuance. Yeah. And, and nuance, not ad nauseum to death. Right. You know, let's not nuance and then say nothing because you can say a lot of words and actually oh, yeah. say nothing. There is a sort of social justice that should be condemned. Yep, right. There is definitely a sort of social justice that needs to be condemned. And from what everything I've read about social justice over the last few years, it very much seems to be more of a philosophical or ethical category. Mm-hmm. And whoever is talking about it is basically inputting their worldview into that category. Mm -hmm. So to me, it seems much more similar to a term like economics or psychology. Yeah. Where we want, we don't want to go around saying like economics is Marxist. Well, well, Marxist economics is, (laughs) you know, and that's the same thing with social justice. Social justice is a category within broader ethics or justice thought. Sociology. Sociology. And it can mean very many different things depending on who's actually talking about right. it. It's yeah. a category more than it is a specific system, but there's definitely a sort of social justice that is a system that we would condemn. Right. And if you very drill, so. even if you drill down deep enough, you can actually get to the root of it, which is humanism and autonomy. Absolutely. So yeah, you can if, go there. And a lot of people come to the right conclusions insofar as the problems of society. And then all of the answers to all of their problems is statism, right? Right. right. All of the answers to all of their social justice problems is uh, more government programs, more taxation, more oppression, right. so on and so forth. And we don't think that's the right answer. Correct. We, we would condemn that kind of social justice. But a lot of those yeah. same problems are actual problems and could be addressed by the church. Right. Could be addressed by uh, actually, a lot of times, removing laws mm-hmm. <laughs> or mm-hmm. removing government programs and allowing people to actually come in and charitably give as opposed to give by the force of a gun to their head. Yeah, speaking uh, of... I- you know, police or the IRS. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, bringing, segueing into the police for a second because... Yeah. Um, I've had this discussion with my cousin. We've been going back and forth and having a, having an edifying discussion. And when you talk about the issue of police, um, it's been asked to me, well, are you, you want to defund police? Do you want to abolish the police? And my answer is typically, well, I'd actually like to rethink police yeah. and policing and elevate the judicial role. Um, when it, when it comes to theonomy and theonomic application, this will be another episode, I'm sure. But for the sake of clarity, you can have a social justice vision where there are no police, and and when you don't have self government taking root, then you you do have chaos. Right. You you have cities on fire. You There's have, a tyranny of the of anarchy. There right. Absolutely, absolutely, is a tyranny yeah. of anarchy. But then you can have a, a biblical version of social justice, justice in society. <laughs> okay, just to clarify, um, where you do have a vision of you know, doing away with, for example, the executive and focusing on courts. Legislation is really not needed in a theonomic society because you have God's law, but you have local courts and local of sheriffs kind of serving as those who go issue warrants and and those who are um, not out trying to p- protect and serve because that's not the role of the state. The state's job is not to protect you. Right. It's not your nanny. They're, so don't they're actually act like it. Generating revenue for their local department. Right. 
again, another, another episode, but I, I wanted to hit that because it's not so easy to pin this down and say, well, if you're on team Biden, therefore you want to abolish the police or defund the police. Ironically, he, that's not even what he thinks. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> and as much as he's written in terms of criminal justice and, yeah. and then having um, Harris as his VP, mm-hmm. <laughs> It's very much a law and order ticket, even though that's not how they're, uh, yes. you know, that's not how their public relations team is pitching them. And you can't, my point is you can't drill down and say, well, if you're a Democrat, you're for, we like to pigeonhole people. Yeah. You must be anti-police. And if you're Republican, you must be thin blue line pro-police. Right, exactly. And and this is actually how this has worked throughout lots of different time periods and, and lots of different issues where it used to be the Republicans who were more anti-war. Hmm. Uh, it used to be the Republicans that were, um, uh, let's say more lenient on immigration controls. And a lot of those things have flipped. And I think a lot of it just has to do with politics and demographics where different parties are vying for the vote of different demographics and will change their policies yeah. for essentially power right power and so what you have is a very much non-ideological driven list of policies Mm -hmm. and there are some ideologies no doubt but i think it's very flexible depending very flexible depending on who they're trying to cater to and yeah and what they're saying in the moment it may not even be a policy it may just be hi, I'm giving a speech to these particular people and I'm going to say these particular things to get them amped up. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) And as as far as ideologies go, like it's just reductionistic to speak of Republicans and Democrats. mm -hmm. Like what are we talking about? Blue dog Democrats? Yeah. Like paleo uh, conservatives? Yeah. uh, Neoconservatives? Rhinos. uh, You know, like old rights, you know, uh, alt right. Like what are we talking about here? Because paleo conservatives are very different from neoconservatives. And, and neoconservatives used to be Democrats. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, like, what are you talking about? Right. And that's the difficulty for me. And, and frankly, it's just become utterly frustrating because rather than dealing with the principles and, and the foundational issues and, and sorting those out as we go, yeah. it just becomes, oh, you're not voting for Trump? You must be voting for Bi- Biden. Yeah. Or you're not voting for Biden? You must be voting. You must be a Trump Trumpster. You, you must be all about the, the Trumper. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't doesn't make any well, sense. And I, I hear from both sides. Yeah. It kind of just depends on like what group I'm in at the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I saw firsthand, even in the fifth district here in Virginia, Bob Good defeated Denver Riggleman for for uh US Congress. And I know I know Bob Good he, my book on humanism was on his bookshelf and he said he was gonna read it, I think like a few nights before the primary. And we had Bob Good come and visit our church, and I appreciate Bob. I appreciate his family. He's a he's a Christian. He's a God fearing man. I believe he's really trying to honor the Lord and and do this. But on you know, and then Denver Riggleman, he's you know overseeing a a, a gay wedding, and he's he's definitely a, a rhino, Republican in name name only. It seems like he has more left leaning policies, just generally. But that's the difficulty. When I when I watched that race unfold, I saw Denver attacking Bob unjustly, even calling into all these questions. And you see firsthand the scrappy nature of politics. And it's actually disgusting. Yeah, I, I don't like it. I don't like it because you can't, you know, I could stand up there and say, I'm pro Second Amendment. Yeah, yeah. All right. Good. I'm pro Second Amendment. There's biblical reasons for that, because I think self-defense against uh 
you know, an intruder yeah. or a tyrant is a good thing. That's what it's for. But then you talk about immigration and then you confuse the Republicans. Right. And, and again, you can't just pin it down to, are you pro open borders or closed borders? Well, I think I would say, you know, you would like less government and that includes on the border. Yeah. That yeah. includes pretty much everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm definitely not for locking them up in cages. Right. And then um, giving uh, uh, mastectomies to, to women. Yeah, absolutely. Which was reported recently. Right. Which is horrendous and possibly even genocidal, depending on how you define mm-hmm. terms. Yeah. Um, and it isn't a conservative issue or a liberal issue. It's, it's a ethics issue. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. a image of God issue Yeah. where when you look at God's law, I can't think of one example where the punishment is to put you in a cage like an animal mm-hmm. and treat you like a dog. Not one. Not Nothing one. comes to mind. Nothing. <laughs> at all. Especially not crossing a political border. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the, the landscape is messy. And what I find frustrating is being, I don't like being pinned, pigeonholed or, or put in a category without me being able to raise my hand and say, well, actually, wait, um, I think maybe this is wrong. And I think this is what God's word would say to that issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, well, no, no, no. That means you're just going to become a liberal. Right. And it's not, it's not like that. It shouldn't ebb and flow. And, and this will kind of go into the, to our issue with the presidential election. One of the things that I've, that I've noticed, and even having personal conversations, the, the big, I've, I've narrowed it down to this. You have pragmatism versus a principled position. Okay, so in my book on humanism, I, I talk about gun control, uh, the drug war. I think we should end the drug war, and um, it, you know, if, does that mean you're some kind of cokehead? I must be a cultural Marxist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it just means that um, self-government goes both ways, right? So, if someone wants to OD, you know, those who hate me love death. Proverb says so. Yeah, that, and it doesn't mean that using these kind of hard drugs isn't a sin. Yeah, or there shouldn't be consequences for right. that sin. It just doesn't mean that you should be, say, thrown in a cage. And the fact that marijuana is still on the schedule with cocaine, which is insane. Or heroin. Yeah. yeah, another issue. But <laughs> <laughs> another episode, maybe. But but you have families being destroyed because they have you know an ounce of weed in their pocket and they're pulled over and or it's implanted in their car which we've seen happen by police too so uh, neither here nor there at this point but but the principled stand would say this is what i think the bible consistently teaches self-government this you know that and the other and if that's true then these other things aren't true and you can't put me in the republican conservative category and you can't put me in the liberal uh, democratic category and that's the thing that's frustrating to me the most because I've seen um, even well-to-do, well-known pastors who who keep repeating the same nonsense with regard to you're either on, you know, if you don't vote for Trump, you're wasting your vote or you're voting for Biden. Right. Or if you don't vote for Trump, then you don't care about the, the lives of the unborn or the right. freeborn, I should say. And again, if it's true that the antithesis is, well, Democrats love infanticide and Republicans hate it, then... Th- I'm looking at the fruit and I'm seeing nothing mm-hmm. from the Republican Party. All I know is Planned Parenthood is getting more money than ever before. Uh, Trump giving, uh, I think, 
Uh, you have to correct me if I'm wrong. Did you look at the stats? I know that the, the, there's been more funding under the Trump administration than Obama. Uh, yes. The last time uh, there's been financials published, yeah, it was the highest amount of funding to Planned Parenthood ever in American history uh, yeah. under Trump. Uh, now, to, to be very clear, and I think I might have mentioned this on the, on the last podcast, I can't remember, that is coming up now like another year. So we're going to have to see what the financials mm. are for this last year. So we only have financials, I think, for 2018. Mm-hmm. And then the next time it will be published will be for 2019. So we'll see what happens. Mm. Um, Trump has supposedly uh, canceled Title X funding for Planned Parenthood. Mm. But according to my research, the amount of Title X funding uh, that was going to Planned Parenthood might lower the governmental funding to Planned Parenthood to um, Obama-era funding, and maybe a little bit above Obama-era funding, like last year of Obama-era funding. Okay. So it's still extremely high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, ex- like we're talking about, if you think Obama was progressive and evil for funding Planned Parenthood, well, why not? Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, you know, like, yeah. yes, he has, he, he, you know, if, if that does go through and we actually see the benefits of canceling title 10 funding, then sure. That's, that's good, I, I suppose, but it's literally just lowering it to Obama era funding. Mm-hmm. We'd like to see a lot of, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll have to see the financial reports yeah. um, to know for sure. I don't want to say anything um, without the evidence. I, I literally do financial analysis professionally, yeah, so I don't yeah. want to get into that <laughs> until I actually see the reports. But yeah. um, it doesn't look great. Well, and we talked about it, I know a few weeks ago. So I was I was scratching my racking oh, my yeah. brain here, like wait, 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 what was that again? And so I yeah. appreciate you. And, and, and Trump has done things like uh, he's canceled some certain like foreign funding of abortion. So he's done a couple of things like that. But the point being is that um, if we're being consistent. We have to say as Christians, as consistent Christians, that a that abortion is murder because it kills an image bearer of God. Mm-hmm. And then we can look at what like what Trump supports. And we can we have to say consistently that Trump also supports the killing of image bearers of God. Yeah. So Trump does support abortion. He just supports less abortion mm-hmm. than somebody like Biden, which I suppose is better in a way, but I think there's makes him more into hypocrite mm-hmm. than anything else. They're both pro-choice. Just one is a little bit less pro-choice. Yeah. Despite the fact that he was the first president to show up to the March for life this past uh, January or February, Whoopee. January. Yeah. Whoopee. And, and people went nuts over that. And, and you hear, so, the, and again, the facts don't line up with this idea that somehow Republicans are going to end abortion. We know, we know that they need it to right. be there so they can keep campaigning Absolutely. against it. And abortion rates are higher too. Funding rates were higher. Like I said, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll show some images on the screen for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it just doesn't actually seem realistic. Right. And how does that actually tie into say like the death of Ginsburg? Well, yeah, that's the big Very issue. Much so. Yeah. In, in her work <laughs> towards, um, seeing infanticide continue on. Yeah. Um, I, I, you know, I don't, um, I'm not out throwing parties thanking God that she's dead, but on the flip side, uh, I'm glad that God, I, I know he moved in that for whatever reason, it was her time. God took her life. She died. She 
may have done some notable things. I don't know a ton about her, so I can't mm-hmm. just tell you she did this, she, this, and the other. She played significant roles in ensuring that, say, like women can open their, their own bank account. Yeah. And there's there's a list of things like I'm that, which that. I completely support. Right. But one thing that I that I honestly found really frustrating, and there's, there's something that was said in a Facebook group that I'm a part of, and the question was, is getting a bank account worth it? Hmm. And I was like, getting a bank account and that decision isn't doesn't have any kind of causal relationship mm-hmm. to Ginsburg's position on abortion. They weren't the same decision. There wasn't some monumental Supreme Court decision in which it decided that women can now get bank accounts and also abortion. Right. It doesn't work that way. Mm-hmm. So we can affirm the good things that she did and everybody else on the Supreme Court, but also completely condemn her support for infanticide. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. We can do that because good is good regardless of who does it and evil is evil regardless of who does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and God's just all the way through, whether that is his, his eternal justice through um, eternal conscious torment or the fact that uh, maybe he converts someone into a friend of his. Right. And so we glorify God mm-hmm. for that. So she's she, obviously she died in her sins. She died as a, what I, what, from what I've read, a very... Um, outspoken Jew. Mm. Um, so she denied Christ in that. So yeah. um, we can pray for her family, uh, wish them well in their pain, and, but ultimately wish that they know Christ. Right. Um, and uh, her family know Christ, that is. And I think we also should state that her significance in regards to abortion shouldn't be overstated. Mm-hmm. That she wasn't a part of the Roe versus Wade decision. That was a completely male court mm-hmm. at the time and mostly Republican appointed mm-hmm. justices. Yep. Um, I believe the only two justices that voted against it, one was appointed by Republican and one was appointed by a Democrat. Democrat yeah. um, I can also throw up an image for that so we can take a look at it. But that doesn't mean that she didn't help continue abortion. Yeah. But Roe versus Wade didn't legalize abortion. It gave federal protection to abortion. Mm -hmm. Abortion was uh, taking place in places like Oklahoma and Virginia and Texas before Roe versus Wade. Mm -hmm. It was taking places. It was taking place in most states before Roe versus Wade. And what forced their hand was the issue in Texas. Yeah. Right. That's what started Roe v. Wade on. So, yeah. and I, there are a lot of people who don't know that about Roe v. Yeah. Wade. If Roe v. Wade gets tossed out tomorrow, we would still have to toss out Planned Parenthood versus Casey. Yeah. Um, and ultimately, what we would actually have to do is to start getting rid of all the pro-life laws. Because mm-hmm. all the pro-life laws have ingrained in their language an assumption of the illegality of abortion. Mm-hmm. So if Roe versus Wade gets abolished tomorrow we actually have to start abolishing pro-life laws. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think we should start now. Yeah, I think so too. It has to be the decision of the people has to be the decision of um, cities, counties, states. Mm -hmm. I I don't think we can wait for the entire nation to stop murdering babies. We Mm -hmm. need to start looking more locally. Yeah. And compliance is the the number one thing that tyrants need to keep doing what they do. That's right. Just keep complying. So, well, regarding the Supreme court issue, Whatever happens, we know that there have been some disappointing decisions by Republican appointed justices, Roberts, to name one. (laughs) And so for me, I don't want to hear, hey, 
we, you know, Trump's going to get the right guy and then all the stars will align and then, or the girl as it were, <laughs> but the right person. I don't, I don't, I'm just not interested in hearing that because all I'm doing is looking at a history of Republican appointed justices who are making bad socialist infanticidal decisions. Right. <laughs> so, I mean, we've just heard it before. Yeah. And we've we heard the same thing every, during every time every four years during the presidential election we hear the same thing, an argument an argument can be made. Well, this time it's different, but they said it's different every time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so I'll I'll believe it when I when I see it. And I'm not opposed to Roe versus Wade being struck down. I mean, obviously it should be. Mm-hmm. It's just not where I'm placing my faith. Right. It's not where I'm putting my hope. I don't think that is the best strategy. I don't think we need to wait on the Supreme Court. I think we have a God-given duty and responsibility to defy the tyrants of the Supreme Court and say no more abortion. Yeah, and whatever level of jurisdiction yeah. you're in. Yeah, and inter- interposition. We want to do an episode on interposition at some point here. Yeah, we will probably soon. Uh, I have that written down somewhere. But th- those are the things you can't expect the government to regulate itself. It's like police policing themselves or, yeah. or, um, you know, I have this addiction. I'll, I'll take care of it. It's, there has to be some sort of interposition. There has to be some sort of, uh, change, a dislodging mm-hmm. of idolatry. Absolutely. Well, Planned Parenthood versus Casey, one of the justices was talked about how they had to uphold Roe versus Wade because the reputation of the Supreme Court was in danger mm-hmm. if they didn't. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is what we're dealing with, ladies and gentlemen. So in case that's not clear Gosh. to our listeners and our viewers, that's pragmatism. Pragmatism. That's pragmatism. So the debate goes like this, usually. These are conversations I have. So... Uh, you have to vote for for Trump or Biden, which isn't correct. You actually have a third candidate on the ballot in all fifty states. Yeah, for the first time in <laughs> I don't know how long, a long time. Yeah, yeah. Joe Jorgensen is running as the uh, Libertarian, right? And um, she has some views that we would agree with wholeheartedly. Absolutely, I, th- I think she's fantastic on many things. Yeah, and maybe some things we would say, eh, maybe not. But mostly that's because we're Christians and see God's law as being more important than yeah. some sort of vague. She actually thing. holds herself as a pro-choice candidate, yeah, but who wants to get rid of all funding for abortion, mm-hmm. uh, which is more than what Trump is doing, uh, to be fair. It's not what we want. Mm-hmm. I don't think defunding is nearly enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want justice, not just defunding. We're more concerned with justice than we are with basically cleaning our hands from the with, mm-hmm. of, of the blood, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not about defunding, though we should defund it. Yeah. Um, so that is technically better than Trump's position, technically, um, which is defund some of Planned Parenthood and hope that people don't realize that it's still funded. Yeah, or maybe get around to it someday. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> but th- yeah, so the conversation I have is this: you, Pastor Jason, you you have you're such an ideological person. You you have these views on the drug war and humanism, and I'm, I'm mostly referencing conversations I've had about the book. <laughs> <laughs> and people will say, well, that's, that's not the reality we live in. You know, we, we live in this system right now with these rules. This is the game that we have. And you can't just say, oh, you're going to snap your finger and immediately abortion is going to go away. Immediately, you know, all of a sudden we're going to have righteousness in the town square and justices locally, um, you know, punishing criminals according to God's law, yada, yada. So instead of the principle and fighting for the principle, usually the conversation then ends up, well, we need to just be pragmatic. 
We just need to be pragmatic right now. We can't get Biden in office. This is like the traditional choose the lesser of two evils. Approach. Right, right. So that that was four years ago. And again, every four years, I'm told it's the most important election of our lifetimes. And the funny thing is, it just keeps getting eroded away. <laughs> so maybe if we actually had a, a real biblical conservative, someone who's conserving, say, God's law <laughs> and wanting to conserve You always that. have to ask, what are we conserving? What are we conserving? Right. Yeah, what we are we keep, progressing to? Yeah, yeah, we're really not conserving a whole lot other than yesterday's leftist ideas. We just right. keep all, everybody's shifting left. We can probably say that safely. But if we had a guy who, who actually ran and, and, and did that, by all means, yeah, let's fight. Like a Dan Fisher in Oklahoma. Right, exactly. You know, for example. But but it's never that. It's never the principle. It's never, well, this is what God says, so we should follow. We should probably obey it. Or at least try to make it known that this is what God says. We'll just pragmatically deal with it. So we don't want Hillary. So we got to get Trump. Yeah. And now we don't want Biden. So we got to get Trump. Yeah. And it's we keep kicking the can down the street. I think there is a, you know, this should go without saying, but I think there's an obvious and direct causation between getting bad candidates and continuing to vote for bad candidates. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just seems like an obvious thing to say, but we have to stop eventually mm-hmm. because the conservatives are getting less conservative and the lesser of two evils is consistently getting more and more evil. Mm-hmm. So that's not a trajectory we want to continue upon. And if we're going to be, future focused and forward focused and think generationally like good post millennials should do. We need to start thinking a little bit more than four years at a time. Mm-hmm. And a little more than just who's president too. Absolutely. Because I, I'm the, I, this was said to me this week. Well, there's no doubt the left is, is getting out of control and they are so far gone that they want to destroy this nation. Well, I, I, I guess I agree with that. I, and I do, but Judgment starts with the house of God. Yeah. So I agree. Yes, there are, there've been Marxists in institutional, you know, the colleges and it's in the public school, these ideas of, of collectivism and so on and so forth. Those things have been there for a long time. I, I get that. Harvard used to be a bastion of Christianity. Mm-hmm. It's not now. So I, I, I'm with you on there. And I, I do agree. There are some crazy political ideas that come out of democratic the democratic party so i i please hear me i agree and i'm sympathetic to the person who would say well we need to try to rein that in fine what what are your what is your what are your thoughts on that with regard to voting should we just take a i mean i know where you stand personally but let's talk about the person who well i don't want this to i don't want to go off the cliff 100 miles an hour I'd Let's, rather go off the cliff 80 <laughs> miles per hour. Right? Yes. Are, are you sympathetic to that? No. <laughs> um, I think it just goes back to what I was just saying. It's short-sighted. And there is a possibility of improving greatly if we put our foot down and refuse to vote for terrible candidates. If that means losing an election or two, then, then so be it. Like, we need to actually fix the system and fix what these political parties have been up to for generations where politics is being completely controlled by extremely powerful parties. And we're just having to vote for whoever they, they give us essentially. Mm -hmm. And it it doesn't work that way or shouldn't work that way, but we let it work that way because we continue playing that game. 
Um, so if if Republicans or you know even liberals, if they just stop voting for absolutely atrocious candidates, maybe it would be a wake up call. Mm-hmm. So maybe just abstaining might help. Maybe it won't, but I just don't think continuing to play the game is helping. Mm. Like it doesn't work. It hasn't worked. I wrote an article back in 2016, vote for Trump. Nope. Now I wrote this when the <laughs> Republican primary was going on. I got a ton of comments on it and mostly favorable because my thinking was back then I kind of still agree with it, but it, it seems to me, is it possible that when we are voting for a candidate that we are in fact, uh, I think I even mentioned something about this in the article. We, we, we are at the point where some people want to watch the world burn, but others are really excited about grabbing the match. Yeah. So it, it seemed, and not that, you know, you, you, it's almost this way. It's a Republican who might think he's grabbing a fire hydro or a fire hose or um, um, some sort of a fire extinguisher, but they're actually, it's actually a match too. because at the end of the day, are we still participating in a system that's perpetuating injustices? Yes. Are Republicans in a lot of ways or in some ways socialist? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, the public school being the foremost, one of the foremost examples, right. legalized theft. Public schools, uh, the massive amount of socialized medicine that they support even though they don't support as much socialized medicine as the Democrats, they absolutely do support socialized medicine in Medicaid, Medicare, um, their border policies, as you said, public education, their war on drugs, uh, and go on and on and on. Like Republicans support a long list of welfare state policies. Right. And and if that's true, then how do we, is it, would we, would we allow someone to say, I mean, when I say, would we allow I think people need their conscience to to drive them. They need yeah. to be convicted from the word of God. Who you decide to vote for ought to be a conviction of God's word. Um, it ought not to be merely pragmatism. It may be a situation where you're saying, okay, Trump is not my guy, ideally. I know he has character flaws. I, I know I know that that the other guy is going to do this. Therefore, I'm going to hold my nose. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to go vote. Going to vote for him mm-hmm. and hope for the best. Now, I'm I am sympathetic to that. I'm sympathetic sympathetic to that to some degree, mostly because here, if this is the game we have and these are the rules, I'm really just going to try to make the most of it now. But the whole time, I'm going to beg God for mercy, right? Because I know that I don't want to participate in this game the way it is, but I want to live to fight another day. I want the Dominion Covenant to advance. So I am sympathetic to that. And I think what you're saying, not to put words in your mouth, you've already said this kind of, but I think what you're saying is, well, that's not the only thing. But for many Christians, the presidential election is the only thing. Right. It's, it's, it's simply not. And there's so many different ways of looking at this. We need to stop putting our hope in politics in general. Mm-hmm. And I'm not trying to um, propose some sort of dualistic pietism in which we should stay away from politics. I'm not saying that at all. Um, but what I am saying is that we need to be very careful about not putting our hope in politics, uh, not putting our faith in politics and stop emphasizing it so much as if it's going to 
be our savior. Mm -hmm. And this is true. I mean, we can talk about abortion again because it's sort of a microcosm of issues where abortion was prevalent before Roe versus Wade. And there were some places where there were actually anti-abortion statutes on the books, Mm -hmm. but it was still going on all over the place because there wasn't the desire to actually enforce those laws. Now those weren't even necessarily good laws. They were more regulationist. They weren't treating it like murder, but the fact that it continued to go on, even in places where it wasn't supposed to really says a lot about the power of a law that the people don't care about. Mm-hmm. And ultimately what we need is a nation that repents. Mm-hmm. And a nation that actually wants to uphold justice. And the laws are helpful. They really are. The laws can be a good standard to point to, right? They can be like a schoolmaster, as scripture talks about God's law. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an extremely legitimate way of discussing this. But we want to make abortion unthinkable by the power of the gospel, not just illegal. And the same could be said of socialism. The same could be said of education. The same mm-hmm. could be said of immigration and war and monetary policy and every other political point that you could possibly think of. We want to bring those issues in accordance to God's law because that's what people want, Mm -hmm. because that is what people have, have learned from God's law and they have personally repented. Yeah. Because if we start passing laws that honor God, but nobody in their heart is honoring God, it's not going to work. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to work. I mean, look, let's look about drugs again, right? Like how well has drug prohibition worked? Yeah. Right. Or, or alcohol <laughs> prohibition worked during uh, alcohol prohibition. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, I said this four years ago and I'm going to say it again, but I'll change the names back, back <laughs> then. I mean, I would much rather have a church that is on fire, repentant and serious about the law word of God and the gospel of God in society, I would rather have that during a Clinton or Biden administration than another Trump administration where the church is still apathetic, still compromised, still wants more to do with lights and skinny jeans and lattes than it does justice. Amen. Amen, brother. I'll take it. I'll take it any day, (laughs) any day, because that's the pattern we see in scripture. God is always bringing his people to their knees so that they'll be at their knees in worship of God and turn to him. Absolutely. And we are going to keep on hammering on this, is that we are gospel-centered yeah. abolitionists. We are gospel-centered theonomists. And we don't mean that in a very narrow personal salvation way, but we have to remember the cross, though. Mm-hmm. We have to remember the portents of the cross. We have to preach grace to ourselves even sometimes to realize it. Um and remind ourselves of the grace that God has given us so we can be able to display that grace to the world Yeah, and actually show the mercies of God to the world and how we actually talk about social justice in society. Mm-hmm. And if we can't get that right, then getting the next Supreme court justice is going to be meaningless mm-hmm. where I see dozens of mostly young men berating people for not voting for Donald Trump when they have never lifted a finger for the preborn except that one vote every four years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. Like, show us what you care about by your actions. And yes, make the right vote according to your particular beliefs. I'm not going to condemn anybody for a particular vote. But the kingdom of God is not built by the voting booth. Mm. It just isn't built by the voting booth. 
it doesn't work that way. Yeah, and like you, you kind of referenced this earlier, we get these crappy candidates because, I don't know, maybe we're being really crappy. Yeah, <laughs> we get exactly the kind of candidates we deserve. Yeah, I mean, I, I have a And list. how do we change that? Well, I mean, we're, we're post-millennial, right? Yeah. Well, one of the things is let's actually go to God's word and see what does God require of candidates. Let's do it. Fear God and trust in Christ, Exodus 18, 21, 2 Samuel 23, 2 Chronicles 19, Psalm 2. They should fear God. Understand that their authority comes from God. Yeah. I can't, I can't tell you how many times you talk to these, well, Democrats or Republicans for that matter, but especially Republicans who they say they're Christian, but, well, my beliefs don't hinder what I'm going to do. Yeah. If they don't hinder that, then I don't really want you because right. you're just going to toe the, the silly line. Now, does that mean that you're, you're only going to vote for Jesus? Because you you have to have a perfect candidate. No, no, because we don't have a perfect. And I was more than happy to vote for Bob Good, even though he and I know that we're not on the same page on immigration, but we are on some other areas. Um, so, but he knows that. I told him that, <laughs> and we've talked about it. He's read it in the book. So, but but that's the type of activism and gospel preaching that we should be doing, right? And being involved. Another thing: be able to have understanding. Exodus eighteen is a key passage there. Deuteronomy one. We need candidates that are truthful, that hate covetousness, refuse unjust gains or brides. I mean, Exodus 18, 21 is a powerhouse, a lot of stuff there. They need to be wise. They need to be just. They don't respect persons in their judgment. They only fear God and not man. They need to be known, Deuteronomy 1, not fear men, not be drunkards, not be adulterers or womanizers, Proverbs 31, 3, Proverbs 6, 32, and another one is be committed to defending the needy, the innocent, the afflicted, the widowed, and the fatherless. Unapologetically. Right. You might say a social justice warrior. <laughs> you so, might. Yeah, so that that's a righteous leader. Mm-hmm. Right? That is a description of a good leader, a good king or a good president. We're not looking for Jesus in mm-hmm. a candidate. We're never going to get that. So when I say something like, I'm not going to vote for an evil candidate, what I'm doing is I'm looking at God's law, those exact texts that you are, you were citing mm-hmm. and saying he doesn't meet those standards or come even close to those standards. I'm not looking for a perfect candidate, though that would be cool. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But we are looking for a good candidate. And, and scripture does say no one is good, right? But scripture also talks about righteous men and wicked men and evil men and good men. And it doesn't have to be, perfection and mm-hmm. it doesn't also have to be like satanic evil right mm-hmm. there are terms that are used in different ways in scripture mm-hmm. so yes no one is good in the sense that everybody's a sinner and evil in their heart hates god without christ mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean pe- people can't follow god's law and be a just ruler right so let's get that clear we're not saying that we would only vote for jesus which incidentally can't be done anyway right but I said this earlier in Proverbs 14, righteousness exalts a nation. There has to be a point where the church of Jesus Christ steps up and says, righteousness matters more to us than anything else. Yeah. Which conveniently, blessings. conveniently, Jesus said that we should seek first his kingdom and righteousness, right? So his justice, you might so even say. That one line, I mean, I think it's it's vitally important because we live in 
at least <laughs> how it should work, a representative democracy, mm-hmm. right? Um, sometimes it's more of an oligarchy. It might be an oligarchy right now. It's, it's hard to say. Um, but we are supposed to be living in a sort of representative democracy. So our vote very much counts, mm-hmm. right? Uh, our our vote very much has a say in where our country goes. This isn't a monarchy. It's not a autocracy where say like uh, Puritans in England or something would have very little to say about mm-hmm. how they're governed. We do have something to say. Mm-hmm. So what does our vote do covenantally perhaps? Like if we vote for an evil wicked man and they are basically endorsing evil wicked policies covenantally, what do we do as a nation when we put our name on that? Mm-hmm. Like hypothetically, if there's water to that argument, like could something, could we be heaping covenantal curses upon ourselves by continuously putting our name mm-hmm. on what our nation is doing? Yes. Especially when it's built on hypocrisy. For example, the abortion Holocaust. Yeah. What we already talked about. So if you're putting your name on that, then we have a problem. And then the other problem is the totalitarian nature of what we have right now in our system where a, a centralized government has taken more and more and more and more and more. The only way to kill the beast is to starve it. We have to stop giving it yeah, what it needs. Stop feeding it. And that may mean thinking outside the box with regard to nullification, um, locally jury nullification, or locally board of supervisors interposing and saying, no, we're not going to do this, even though our governor is unhinged. A lot of what uh, Joel McDermott talks about in... Uh, restoring America one county mm-hmm. at a time, a lot mm-hmm. of those stuff. Yeah. Which is what we're doing in Fauquier County. And right. we, we would like to see that replicated. We want very much to see interposition locally. Um, our sheriff knows our name. Uh, the Board of Supervisors knows who we are. We want to be active in promoting justice and righteousness. And 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 if we just vote for them and they never hear from us, what do you think is going to happen when they get in a room with a bunch of other people in the same condition? Yeah. They're going to, especially when you have lobbyists who are just taking them out to eat, sending them on vacation. I mean, that stuff goes on all the time. It's corrupt all the way through. So we have a federal centralized federal government that will never rein itself in. It's never going to happen. It just won't. It it won't. It would have to abolish itself. (laughs) It's it's not going to happen. So we would (laughs) like to see that happen. Well, generally governments don't give up any power. They don't. They They might put it in their back pocket for later, but... Yeah, you know, yeah. which is you know, obviously what always happens is when the liberal on the side that you don't like does something, you condemn it. But then when the conservative does something through executive power that you do like, you're like, great, because you like that yeah. thing. Right. Yeah. It might even be a, a good thing, according to some perspectives, but it is giving him more power. And that power is going to be used by the next guy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, just to kind of tie, tidy this up and, and put a bow on it, <laughs> we're getting to the hour mark already. It's funny <laughs> we've, how we've t- covered a lot of angles. Time time flies. As it pertains to the question of how should we think about voting, uh, I think obviously we need to stay in the scriptures. We need to stay grounded. Um, I'm sympathetic to the person who who's just this is the, these are, this is what we have right now. Um, somebody may prefer a Joe Jorgensen, and, and there's no wasted vote. That's not that's not a thing. Voting for one candidate doesn't mean you're not voting for another. 
Right. That's or, well, it does mean that, but it means it's not like thrown away. Yeah. Yeah. You're not voting for the Democrat if you vote for a libertarian. You're not voting for a Democrat if you vote for a Republican. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. And to insist on that binary system of the two party system that we have is actually part of the problem anyway. Yeah. But as far as thinking about voting, I think it's just so important for us. The bigger issue for me is what are we doing to promote righteousness? Righteousness mm-hmm. exalts a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. What are we doing to advocate locally to starve the federal beast? What are we doing at the state level? I think those are the conversations that we ought to be having too. Because the voting happens every four years. It's easy. Well, for a president, you know, and yeah, it's easy. I go do that. And well, I got, I I voted for the right guy. So therefore I'm good to go. And it just furthers the apathy. And and I think that's as far as your responsibility goes in mm -hmm. your head. Yeah. And I think what we're saying is, Let's let's not let voting be the only thing. Right. So I think that's a fair fair assessment. So well that that's it, man. I'm I'm uh I'm interested to see how this goes with the Supreme Court nomination <laughs> and we have a lot of time. I pray it's somebody who's just. Yeah. I don't think we're gonna get somebody who's just across the board, but we'll hopefully pray for somebody who's helpful. Yeah. And then of course presidential debates are coming up and that's gonna be reality. Primetime reality. It's going to be a circus. Yeah. And uh, so we do need to pray for our nation deeply and pour yourself out in prayer. We need repentance all the way up and down. And Christians, we should be the first in line to hit our knees and asking the Lord for forgiveness, for trusting in politics, for uh, not being involved in perhaps the ways we should in terms of uh, righteousness and justice. And I think there's a lot of work for us to be doing. I agree. For sure. So. All right. Thank you all for listening. That's it. Let's wrap it up. Uh, find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google, Amazon. We're there. You can watch this on Facebook and on YouTube. Remember to go to lambsrain.com to check us out. That's it for us. We'll see you next time. Grace and peace. <laughs>